There's a speed limit in this state, Mr. Neff. 45 miles an hour. How fast was I going, officer? I'd say around 90. But what about us? Memories. You're talking about memories. Good, now have a drink. I don't want anything of his or any part of him. Except his life. I wonder if I know what you mean. I wonder if you want Played it for her, played it for me. I lived a few weeks while she loved me. Waiting for a lady. Someday you'll understand that. Got some news that's gonna take a lot of attention off you and Laura. Stop it, yes, I can't take any more of it! I should be in uniform. You know the story? My story. Maybe because he was drunk. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon and for the rest of your life. Well, I'll give her the message. I'd never sleep all over America. Welcome to the Speakeasy Noir Cast, a podcast discussing film noirs of yesterday and neo noirs of today. Each week, we will deliver a discussion and analysis of classic and neo noir films, all mixed in with our unintelligible banter. Your hosts for the show, Carly Street and Jason D. Morris. <laughs> Carly, we're back again. Hello. Feels like I haven't talked to you in a whole week. Isn't that weird? <laughs> so weird. <laughs> this should be a daily show. No, it shouldn't. Never mind. No. Should not be a daily show. <laughs> It'd be like Big Brother, day 297. Jason and Carly still can't <laughs> agree on a film. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Well... <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna jump right into the what? See what? Wait, what? Sorry, I stepped stepped on your your toes there. Hold on, hold on. I'm still stepping on your what? Hello? Are you there? I'm here. <laughs> don't ignore me. You know I'm here. I'm just trying to talk over you so I don't have to listen to you. That's uh, <laughs> understandable. It works for straight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. What'd you say now? No, that's it. I'm pitching my own show. I'm cutting you out. It's just going to be me in the Big Brother style <laughs> in my little cupboard with my blanket muttering to uh, myself. Funny. <laughs> I'd watch that or listen to it. <laughs> All right, jumping right in, guys. Our drink for tonight is called The Snitch. Ooh. All right, because the movie tonight has got something to do with snitches think sort of anti-snitch maybe uh so the snitch is one and a half ounces of mescal a quarter ounce of campari one ounce grapefruit shrub i don't know what a grapefruit shrub is just, just getting weird <laughs> a half ounce of lime juice a half ounce of simple syrup a pinch of salt and a grapefruit twist my goodness. Wow. It's like two, four, five, six, seven ingredients in this drink. Tootie Freeway. Yeah. Add ice to an old-fashioned glass to chill the glass. Add ice to the tin side of a Boston shaker. In the mixing glass, add mescal, capari, grapefruit shrub, lime juice, simple syrup, and a pinch of salt. Pour the contents of the mixing glass into the ice, into the ice tin, and secure the glass to the tin. Shake the contents so the ice sounds different and the contents are cold. Open the Boston shaker, strain the contents of the shaker into the ice-filled 
old-fashioned glass, garnish with grapefruit twist and serve. So basically, throw everything into the shaker and shake it. (laughs) (laughs) I think I can cope with that. (laughs) Yeah, this is going to be, I don't like grapefruit. So I don't know, I don't know how I'm going to do with this one. This is going to be a sort of tart drink. Um, But it does sound interesting. I'd be curious to uh, try this one out. So, guys, if you have the ingredients for this, uh, you should make a snitch and uh, have a drink with us and and follow along as we discuss the movie. So, Carly, tonight's movie is The 39 Steps. Another the 39 steps <laughs> the show is the 39 of, steps <laughs> of another 39 steps <laughs> yes um so this uh, this uh yeah i don't even know what to say about this let's let's just jump into the trailer here's the trailer for the 39 steps Irrepressible Kenneth Moore and irresistible Tyna Elk, star of many Hollywood successes, in The 39 Steps. Richard Haney, a gay adventurer on the run. Please forgive me. My name's Richard Haney. Oh, excuse me. I'm a police officer. If you're looking for Richard Haney, this is the man you want. Your name, Haney? Police want Richard Haney for a murder he did not commit, and they can't catch him. A ruthless gang of international spies want Haney because he knows too much, but they can't hold him. Oh, Fisher, don't be such a chump. This is important. Contact Scotland Yard. Here it is, Haney. It's an arm broker. This lovely girl doesn't want Haney, and yet she just can't get away from him. As long as you stay, he stays. You needn't look so alarmed. I'm not going to lie on that bed. <laughs> as long as you're chained to me, you can't very well avoid it. Come on. Ow! <laughs> I wish you wouldn't keep saying ow like that. In a respectable house like this, it might be misinterpreted. Tyner Elk, romantic and beautiful, teamed with Kenneth Moore at his brilliant best. Now, I don't think I should make a dash for it if I were you. Remember, you're Richard Haney, wanted for murder. I think there's only one answer, Mr. Haney. 
Don't touch it. the trailer for the 39 steps the 1959 version as we've found out last season there's many versions of the 39 steps uh this version of the film is directed by ralph thomas uh produced by betty e box screenplay by frank harvey um again based on the the book the 39 steps by john uh Buchan. Oh, we're back to that again. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> Bouchon. I was going to say, you should do it in a posh accent so it, you just skim over it. Jean Bouchon. Jean, Jean Bouchon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this time starring Kenneth Moore as our Hanny character. Um, yeah. You're going to love my synopsis. This, this one. <laughs> This is another uh, United Kingdom, UK version of the film. And as such, um, Carly is going to, yeah, she's going to have to be the driving force on this one because she's British. And um, I'm mad at her for making me watch another 39 Steps. (laughs) (laughs) I'm mad at myself for this one. (laughs) Yeah. I have a feeling it's going to be a very short podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but being as it may, Carly, I, I, I am excited. This is the one portion of the show I'm excited about. And that's hearing your, in a nutshell synopsis, because mine would be, well, I won't give away what mine would be, but I'll tell you later. <laughs> so go ahead and give us your, give us your synopsis on yet another version of the 39 steps. Okay. But I want to hear yours before the end of the show too. Okay, I will. I'll tell you. It's very short. Okay. (laughs) It's crap. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Right. I tried really hard with this one. Okay. And now it's time for Carly's super famous in a nutshell synopsis. A heavily sedated 007 somehow manages to bring down the worst spy ring with absolute no urgency whatsoever. (laughs) They're walking, they're not running. Robert Powell ran across Scotland. He didn't even go fast on the bicycle. (laughs) No, he did not. (laughs) He went so slow. The country is at stake, man. What are you doing having a coffee? true oh my god it's true i didn't even think about that it's so true shorts to enjoy who has shorts on in scotland (laughs) (laughs) he's going to a tropical island everybody (laughs) is in scarves and woolly hats and he's there on a bicycle going two mile an hour if that in bloody shorts (laughs) yeah with his shirt like unbuttoned down to the belt and like in these really short shorts shorts. they are the shortest shorts in history so funny 
Oh my goodness. Do, do you know the best thing about it all as well is it I I don't know if I've misread it or maybe my brain just started to to slowly shut down. I'm pretty sure that it's made by someone called Rank Studios. Well, that just says it all, doesn't it? Because the film is rank. Rank. <laughs> it is. It's made by the Rank Organization. <laughs> and it's distributed by Rank Film Distributors. <laughs> I mean, there we go. Ah, oh, yeah. Which is, I really like Kenneth Moore as well, though. So I was really, really sad. Yeah, I he's, didn't he's like great. It. He's- just the wrong movie for him. He would. He should just be charming people and getting bloody details of their personal address and just, just doing something else. Just why? Why? Well, I don't know. I don't know. And you know, this this version has does have a milestone to it, and that's that it's the first color version of the Thirty Nine Steps. <laughs> that that's about. As far as it goes, is noteworthy. Well, we get to see how tanned his legs are in Scotland. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, no urgency. That that's a that was fantastic that you put that in there because that's the truth from the very beginning. Like I, I from the from the get go of this movie. Again, this season, I'm not doing any research pre to watching. Um, so I was instantly baffled by this film as soon as i put it on we we open in like this this park area and we see uh, a little sailboat going across which is delivering some sort of message um and then we get into we get into the baby rattle scene which i still just don't understand <laughs> this whole this whole thing with the baby, is it a, I don't know if it's a baby rattle or a pacifier or some sort of baby toy thing that he is very insistent in returning to this woman who is very insistent that it is not her- hers. And I'm just like, give it up, man. It's not hers. Like, Put let it her in go. the bin. Didn't your mom ever teach you not to pick stuff up off the floor? Yeah, it was just so. What is? Why is he still trying? Like, I just don't get it. She said, "It's not like she doesn't know if it's not hers or not, <laughs> or <laughs> like remember it." It's it. <laughs> just like, come on, you can't just force it. No, I'm. I'm pretty sure it's no, it's not mine. <laughs> Would you leave me alone? It gets very creepy very fast because he's just like not letting it go. He's not and that rattle's some, going back in there with that baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny. He gets to the point where it's um, like, are you trying to steal this kid? Are you trying to get your hands close to the baby? <laughs> right. And there's no baby, right? It's just like it's so funny. Uh and yeah, I just it, it it was it's so over the top in those weird ways that it's not grounded at all in reality. Even like the espionage spy elements like that. They're not even a mystery. Just, Mr. Memory no, isn't a they're mystery. Not at all. It's quite obvious what's happening in the first 20 minutes. He's got that many bloody Absolutely. question marks around him. It's like the Riddler. <laughs> yes, it's true. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. Oh, no. And, you know, it's like I I understand. Okay, so, so um, the director, uh, Ralph Thomas, wasn't – it's not like he was aching to make this film. It was – presented to him i guess from the studio they wanted a remake right so he decided that he 
didn't, he wanted to stand apart from Hitchcock's and he even went to Hitchcock and was like, Hey, you know, obviously, you know, your film is fantastic. Um, they're wanting me to direct this film. Are you okay with that? And Hitchcock is basically like, I mean, go ahead. It's going to be going to suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm just like, that's fantastic. <laughs> and he goes about it in such a strange way. He decides to try to make it comical, whimsical. Um, and he does that. I mean, it definitely has that element to it. And that's where, um, Kenneth Moore shines. I mean, he, but he it's charm, just, so, but it's not enough to carry it through. Is it for more than about half an hour? No, not at all. I, I don't, th- I, th- he, he obviously might be a charming guy, but it feels like the scenes where he's supposed to be charming are so forced that they just come off creepy. Um, and, and it's just, it's off putting almost, I almost, I'm, it's one of those types of movies where I watch him and I'm just like, I'm kind of embarrassed for him. It makes me uncomfortable, like watching him have to try to charm his way into like a situation and it just being awkward. <laughs> I know. Like when he's like, oh, please forgive me. My name is Hannah. And then attacks some woman and leaps off the train. <laughs> I'm just what? like, what the hell is going on? Robert Powell never did that. <laughs> no. Just saying. <laughs> Robert Donner never sequences. did that. No. The whole train, tra- train sequence is just like weird. <laughs> Among many things in this movie. Well, just, I didn't realize I, yeah. until afterwards, isn't some of the same dialogue as the original Hitchcock film just used again? Yeah, I think that, I think there is, there was, there's, a tremendous amount of familiarity in this film, like from, I almost think that scene for scene, it's pretty much the same as Hitchcock's. It's just slightly updated, you know, and the most glaring obvious portion of that is the, um, the, again, the political rally, everybody, every version of this movie seems to do that scene drastically different. And in this version of it, he, <laughs> I don't know why, but for some reason he finds his way into a, a, an all girls school where he's trying to teach them. What is he trying to teach them how to plant plants or something? I have no idea. I was just the only, the, the only little bright spot was when in that scene, I was like, oh, it's Joan Hickson. She played Miss Marple. That oh. was it. That was it. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I she went very, away. I was yeah I, I was very um off taken off guard by the comedic feel of this film uh it was just the first thing i noticed in the score really tried to help the uh the comedic feel along um and knowing the story and having certain expectations <laughs> it just left me super confused uh and, you know, maybe Kenneth Moore was like a, a pretty big name at the time, but I, I just, and again, I, I just think it was just the wrong role for him. I just found him very average in this role. Like, I just don't think he, his acting style just didn't fit with like the scenarios and the situations and everything. It was just so odd. It was just no, a very odd was, choice. But he's been in loads of stuff that's really, really good. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he has. I, I just, 
they this was just a bad choice all the way around it took yeah. me by surprise because i was you know me and the 39 steps life um yeah i thought this uh-huh. was gonna be great and i i thought that i'd seen this but i can't recall watching this one I mean, I think you definitely would recall his weird jokes to the all girls school, you know, about what a flower planting class thing I, I, you would have. You would have to remember that it would be burned in your memory. That's so weird and awkward. <laughs> burned in, <laughs> burned in my yeah. Well, to be fair, him going uphill on a bloody cycle in the middle of the Tour de France when the, you know, the spy secrets about to be revealed <laughs> is burnt in my bloody memory. Yeah. Why is mean, he going the, uphill? Why? Why? I know what I'll do. I'll go uphill. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. And then they stopped the guy. It's the wrong. Well, it depends on which part you're talking about, but they stopped the other guy and it's the wrong guy. And it's just like, how did they do that? Because I literally felt like I was following him, but it wasn't him. <laughs> so I got really confused in that part. But then when he stops in the field and takes a break to eat a sandwich, <gasps> And take a nap. <laughs> well, he's you know, man's tired. Man's man is tired so. from all that cycling. And then and then wakes up to them tilling the the field, and he's like, "Okay, where do I go? Do I go here? Do I go?" And I'm like, "It was this weird sort of like convoluted like thing." It's it just, just very so like, silly. Tries to outrun some farming equipment and almost gets decapitated. <laughs> Right. It's like he sticks around and waits for the cops to come to search the field. I don't know. It's funny. Where I did find... Do you want to see my, hear my note about the description of Hannay? Yeah. <laughs> I've written, too, yeah. Hannay is like 007 on muscle relaxants. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. I mean, I wouldn't even equate him to 007, but yeah. It, I mean, if, if 007 was on drugs... <laughs> that would be him. Yeah, he was. I mean, my my note on him was, um, let's see, uh, events just don't seem to spring up any sense of excitement or intrigue. He just <laughs> casually moves along through the story because he does. It's just like nothing's important today, <laughs> you know. And it's just it's so strange. It's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I just when you when you. Take a look at the book, the source material. You take a look at the films that came before it. And then you create this nonsensical version, a familiar story that people already know because the other films are, are, are known and were, you know, uh, I guess, well-reviewed. Um, it just, it, it's almost like they tried hard to make a worse version <laughs> Because they were more concerned about standing apart from the other films than actually making a good film. Like it was more important to to just be different. Right. And yeah. I guess in a way I, I, I understand that, but it was I mean, we're twenty twenty years removed, I think, from the Hitchcock version, or maybe even more maybe thirty years removed. Like I don't think there was any danger of sticking with the routine so to speak and just trying to create a great film um and i mean it, it, there's just some off the wall decisions off the wall decision makings on this film that just uh, i mean i guess it it does make it memorable you know in a in a way but they're just so uh, wacky 
just... I mean, I did enjoy Sid James as as this the strange lorry driver, but then um, I thought yeah. I'd rather turn this off and watch a Carry On film. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can't fault any of the actors at all in this movie, like at all. I mean. Either it's a miscast or poor script and poor direction, you know. Um, but there is one one cool shot in the movie that I really liked a lot. Um, there's a scene where from Hanny's room, uh, I guess a couple of the – I can't remember if it's the cops or just bad guys or whatever at a phone booth. And uh, the light – sort of shines through the phone booth onto the ground and it looks like a spider web sort of thing. And I, I kind of took that as like being like a foreshadowing of like this web of deceit and this web of uh, espionage that's happening. I thought that was a really cool sort of thing. Maybe it was Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> it might've been. <laughs> <laughs> spider Henny, spider Henny. <laughs> oh man. You'll never hear that again. <laughs> But yeah, that that one shot I thought was really cool and was great foreshadowing had this actually been a serious film, but it really just didn't feel like it. It just felt like it it went on too much on the comical side. And it just didn't play well comedy-wise. You know? I don't know. I also found you know, I don't know. I just found him his him just too creepy. It's too, like this, the taking off the stocking scene, I thought it was brilliant in the Hitchcock version. Um, and then in this one, it just it just was really creepy to me. And he was just such a a rude jerk, <laughs> you know, that I just didn't. I, I don't know. I just couldn't. I I didn't like him. Um, and even though he's supposed to be charming, it was just like why yeah, that, why would she have liked him? That's the problem that. Sometimes um, British films fall into, you know, like Hugh Grant, the charming buffoon. Now he's uh-huh. just rude and an idiot. There's nothing charming about yeah, him I... in the slightest. And maybe that's where this weird Hugh Grant sort of characters come from, because that that was. I guess similar. I don't know. That was similar I, things. I, I, I don't things. understand it. As a as a guy, I don't understand it, but maybe as a woman, that's attractive in some way. But I just found him like I'm looking not at not in the slightest. He just, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's really weird. But I just thought, yeah, he was just super rude and just a jerk, and I don't know, you know. But then after that scene, it seemed like most of the movie played out like the original Hitchcock film. Like there wasn't a whole lot that was different, um, you know, besides those flourishes of comedy and and whatnot. Um, so there wasn't a whole lot, uh, story-wise at all that was new or refreshing. Like they didn't even try, you know, as to where at least, um, the, the seventies version was seventies, right? I can't remember. Mm -hmm. Um, was, uh, they, they switched some things to sort of refresh it and they had some cool set pieces and things like that. Um. This just didn't do that. They, it's just like they didn't even. It's like they gave up. They had no will to live. They're <laughs> just like, <laughs> I feel like the writers were just like, "Why are we doing this?" And so it reflected that in the script. Um, and it, I don't know. It was a very, it was a ma- major disservice to the 
original story to the book, to Hitchcock's film. Um, it just was such a letdown and an oddly, oddly made film. They would possibly um, have been better doing the spoof route if they were going to go for that kind of bumbling, oh, charming sort yeah. of sort of Hane. Then maybe they would have been better to go down a spoofy route of the Hitchcock version, where yeah. he almost pointed out the things about it that wouldn't work. Or, do you know what I mean? He was kind of a bit more mm-hmm. of, a, of a spoofy character overall because then you would have happily accepted him doing the things that yeah, he did. Yeah, I could totally accept him being vein. like rude or yeah, whatever. Like I can imagine like Hugh Laurie playing, uh, playing this character in like a spoof version. That would be hilarious to me or, you know, something along those lines. Um, because he could play a deadpan and, and serious and the rest of the world around him could be funny, you know, and that would, that would make more sense to me than the reverse where the rest of the world is serious, but our lead character is, goofy in a way or doesn't have a cab in the world trying to be yeah it does just doesn't matter it's just whimsical and and doesn't (laughs) it's just weird (laughs) i don't know and then you know as we (laughs) they do the whole weird bookend thing with (laughs) the baby rattle again (laughs) just like cracked me up i'm like oh and she's like leave it alone (laughs) yeah it's like uh, why why would you even do that like that's actually going to happen again for starters, but it's like, it was already a weird scene with him trying to force this baby toy onto somebody who's clearly stating it's not mine. I'll leave me alone weirdo. And he's like, no, no, it's definitely yours. <laughs> We're going to replay that. We're going to go back to that and end this movie this way. <laughs> Can you imagine if somebody came up to you when you're pushing your uh, kid around the park, like, oh, here's your rattle. No, I'm all right, thank you. No, here's your rattle. You'd be like, I'm on the phone to the police. Some guy's trying to kidnap me here. I don't know what's going on. He's shaking a rattle at me. It's not mine. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was extremely weird. It's just, it's funny. It's it's funny, but not supposed to be funny in that way, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> this movie makes me sad. <laughs> So, hey, Carly, why don't we take a break and listen to an ad from one of our sponsors? You're listening to the Speakeasy Noir Cast, the show that brings you binge drinking with a side of noir, with your host, Carly Street and Jason D. Morris. Oh, I mean, I don't know. I just. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> did this break you? Is this is this the film that broke your it brain? It did. It did. Yeah. I mean, I you know I, another thing is just like in the seventies version. This was my major issue with the seventies version. Um, is that people just find him? There's no way the cops just show up out of nowhere. How do they do that? How do they know where he's at? It just doesn't make any sense. And he's always like near misses with them. But like, why are they even there? <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense. To be honest, the speed that Kenneth Moore was moving, they could probably caught him on fault. <laughs> I guess. Just and it's funny because I haven't actually. <laughs> yeah. It's true. 
Um, I had a note actually uh, um, about uh, the most realistic part was Hanny biking uphill. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I just well, I if he'd have had some urgency, that could have been a lovely metaphor for you know his his struggle and his journey, just constantly fighting uphill. But no. Well, yeah, but I mean, he's he's so slow and so no urgency throughout the whole movie. The only time that that actually made sense was him trying to bike uphill. <laughs> like he's <laughs> obviously struggling, you know, it's tiring. So it's like that was him through the rest of the movie. <laughs> Just taking a nap. You know? I'm so tired from that. Yeah. Ride. Bloody hell. <laughs> I ain't got time for this. Right? <laughs> I need a sandwich. Let's have a picnic. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I wish I had more to say, but I really don't. This movie was terrible. <laughs> um, it was just terrible. There's no, there's, there's really no noir to this. I don't think. No. Um, to me, it, it almost played like a Disney espionage movie. <laughs> In a way, I expected uh, Herbie to show up. And that give him a that ride. would have been a film, <laughs> right? <laughs> Herbie, so you know, finds him in the field. Come with me, sunshine. It'll be done in just in two minutes. Right. <laughs> so, I don't know. With that, Carly, I guess we can go ahead and give our ratings for this. I think so. I think we're done being horrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I'm I'm going to give this movie uh, a one star. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I loathed it. I hated watching it. And it might have been because I've already watched two other ones uh, with the same story, and this just this one just being so bad in comparison to them that it just knocks some potential stars off. Um, I just I I feel like all of the elements here are wrong, um, and and they made the same mistake as the '70s version, which I guess this one comes before the '70s version, but um, just the mistake of the cops just showing up and somehow just miraculously knowing where he's at um it's just i don't know a terrible issue for me um i i know it's supposed to be funny but i didn't find it funny in a uh intentional way i found it funny in a terrible way <laughs> <laughs> but all the elements are wrong i think the wrong director the wrong actors everything just to me just didn't mesh the music was terrible. Um, yeah, it was just all wrong for me. One star. Wow. To be fair, though, I only gave it a two star. And that is bad for me. I throw out sevens for stuff that I don't want people to feel bad. So. <laughs> well, I mean... I'm yeah I I don't I, I don't typically rate even bad movies this low but I for some reason this one just maybe it was just when I watched it or something I just it just struck me as like I dislike this movie um you know cuz it's not like it's a movie without a budget or anything it's got known stars in it and it's based off of a well received book and there are previous films like there's no reason for this movie to have turned out this way, none oh, whatsoever. Yeah. No, I I based mine my, my disgustingly low score on um. I really like the character of Hannah, and this to me was just 
not that character. They might as well have not remade the 39 Steps and made a completely different film because I just can't see. In the Hitchcock version, he was charming and he was, he did, he could have carried the film. If mm-hmm. this, I like Kenneth Moore a lot, but he's not anywhere close for what I like. Even, in, even that in the character. Robert Powell version, Robert Powell was pretty charming. I mean, it was, well, he Robert worked. Powell's was a lot closer to the, to the actual character of Hannay. Mm-hmm. which is probably why I like it so much and I can overlook a lot mm-hmm. of other stuff that maybe you, you and other people wouldn't. Um, but at the same time, it works bad for this film because he's so far removed that every little thing bugs me. Right, right. So. Yeah, no, that's understandable. <clears throat> so... There we have it. We've got a one star and we've got a two star. I think these are the lowest, the lowest scores that we've given any film so far. Yeah. If I recall. Yeah. Our stars. Why are we doing stars? Aren't we supposed to be doing gens? Did we lose? We lost an element from our show. Did you change it again and not tell me? Oh, yes. I supposedly, I guess, did. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. This movie doesn't deserve any bottles of gin. No, no bottles of gin. That is two shakes it for a shaker at best. <laughs> so, folks, there you have it. We apologize for this short episode, but it's sometimes a movie is just uh, not worthy of a full hour. <laughs> well, no, it's because you don't want to show the people what we're really like. An hour of his moaning. <laughs> we'll be on dartboards right. across the land <laughs> with darts right. getting thrown gotta, in our heads. <laughs> we got to save some dignity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, with that, uh, we hope you enjoy the 39 steps more than we did. Um, check it out nonetheless and see what you think and maybe compare it to the previous versions that we've talked about and see which one you like the best. Maybe uh, maybe this works for you. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. But uh, let us know. Uh, give us a call. Leave us a message. Send us an email. Whatever you like, and I tell us what you thought. Of, uh, a lot of people that would like it as a standalone film, if they've maybe. not come across the others or the book or anything. I imagine there's a lot of people on a Sunday afternoon that might watch it and quite enjoy it. I it's imagine it's wrong, but <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think so. But I mean, maybe. <laughs> I think it's like the second know, highest film at the at the British box office that year. Yeah, I think that was just banking off of uh, you know their talent, you know, maybe. not knowing what they're getting into, you know. Yeah, Kenneth Moore's um, pretty pretty but, uh, popular, so maybe they've all just flooded to see him. Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely a possibility there. I don't I don't uh, I don't see this as being a uh, big blockbuster movie, but other than you know people not really knowing what they're getting into and and seeing an actor that they, they like and going to see it. But I don't know, folks, uh, you guys watch it. You tell us what you think and, uh, and let us know. All right. And, uh, until next time. Bye-bye. He's looking at you, kid. Thanks for joining us this week on the Speakeasy Noir cast. Make sure to visit our website, resurrectionfilms.net, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or any of your favorite podcast apps. So you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. 
or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. If you like the show, you might want to check out our book, The Dark Side of Acting Up and The Dark Side of Acting Up Volume 2, now available on Amazon. Or you can check out one of our films, also available on Amazon Prime. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Speakeasy Noircast.